You're listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Hey guys, uh, I, I'm so excited to be here. I really was just kind of back there and just kind of worshiping as David was leading us, just thinking, wow, it's, it's here, it's finally here. And so some of you like, you, don't, you didn't even know I was gonna be here tonight, you maybe not even know we had a new journey pastor, uh, but I'm just blessed to be here. But one thing I wanted to start uh, before I kind of get into it, uh, if you ever see anything in me which don't comment on this that you actually like or anything good, a quality or attribute first, uh, I think that would be glory to God. And, and second, I think it would have a lot to do with my beautiful bride right here, that she makes me a better man. And since we've been married, and even before that, uh, she's gone with me. We've partnered in ministry together. And so I just know you're gonna see a lot of her. So I want her to just to give a little bit of snippet of who she is first. So y'all get it up for Caitlin again. Right. He's super sweet. But yeah, I'm Caitlin, and I this is my first Tuesday night gathering. So I'm super excited to be here finally. Um, Just a little bit of my story that Cole asked me to share is how God has really cultivated in my heart over the last couple of years a heart for college students and for um, the season of life that you're in. One way that he's done that is through um, my calling to ministry and to missions and the way that that is playing out right now is that I serve as a student mobilizer um, through the IMB. If you haven't heard of IMB, it's okay, don't worry about it, but it's a missions organization that you'll probably hear us talk a lot about that sends missionaries overseas. Um, So my job as a student mobilizer is that I get to sit and have coffee with you guys and talk about, hey, what does it look like for you to leverage your life for the sake of the gospel? So that's one way that the Lord has really just um, made me more passionate about college students. But really, our heart is just to get to know you. We're so excited to get to know you, to come alongside you in life. As was already mentioned tonight, we know that there are a lot of good, awesome, excited thing, exciting things about college. There are also a lot of challenges, and there are a lot of trials that you walk through. So we want to welcome you into our home, into our lives. We want to hear your story and get to know you, and ultimately encourage you with the word of God and to really push you towards Christ as we pursue him together. And we know that there are some of you in this room who, man, you are already pursuing hard after the Lord, and praise God for that. And there are some of you in this room tonight, maybe you have some doubts, maybe you're questioning the existence of God, maybe you're just broken, and we want to be there with you through all of that. So the main thing you need to know about us is that we're so excited to be here, we feel extremely blessed, and just we want to get to know you and glorify God through all we do. Awesome. Thanks, babe. So tonight, a little bit of what I want to do is, Brandon said, I do want to share my story. And in some ways, this will be different uh, than just opening a text, right? Just opening uh, the Bible and going straight from. And so in some ways, I'm going to be all over the place. And it's because I've been all over the place, right? And so that's totally appropriate in sharing your story. Um, But again, it's been quite a journey uh, getting here. And uh, one of the things that uh, Caitlin uh, might not have mentioned that you didn't hear is that we're going on Thursday to do a podcast with Zach and kind of get to share. I think he's got some surprise questions planned. He's kind of had that vibe going like, he's gonna send me a little bit, but he may surprise us and we're live, so there's nothing I can do, right? Yeah, but also I'm sure there'll be some serious questions as well and just get to kind of share about um, us, uh, who we are, uh, some of the fun stuff, some of the serious stuff, and just uh, 
kind of how we got here. So um, my heart tonight is that even though I, I want you to get to know me and just got a little snippet of Caitlin, at the end of this time, my heart's desire is that, that we would be looking to Jesus. Does that make sense? And, and so because it would be a crying shame if I were to make all of this night um, about me sharing my story because Jesus is the center of the story. Y'all got that right? Are you tracking with me? I just, yeah, I say you're tracking with me too. Yeah, y'all get used to it. That'll be a good transition for you. Um, but here's the deal. Whatever you experience, any sort of change. Let me see where the slide is. It's my first time using this slide. Here we go. Did I get it right? Sweet. There we go. Um, there we go. The gospel. We got to cheer for the gospel, right? Yeah. When you experience any sort of change in ministry, right, when you experience any sort of change in life or, or church, whatever it is, what's, what's gonna stay the same? You see it up there? Y'all say it with me. The gospel, that's right. That's the foundation of all that we do. That's the foundation of what's been happening uh, for years here at Southcrest under Brandon's leadership, under your journey staff, and whoever, that's the foundation we stand upon. That's unchanging. And it's not because it's some gospel that we made up. It's not because it's some gospel like, oh, like, let's try to convince them that this is right. No, it is the one gospel. It is eternal and so even though there's change happening, that's what we stand upon. The same gospel that's been preached the past four or five years, guess what? That's the same gospel I'm gonna be preaching. And so, let's go next. I'm gonna say next for the first few, and I'll get used to it. And so, <clears throat> I wanna give you some fresh reminders, right? So some of you, you probably like know the vision. You can say it just like that. You kind of know some of the values that we have um, at the journey. But one of the purposes that I wanna do before I kinda get into some scripture and part of my story is lets you know maybe the answer to the question that you've been asking, and that could be, all right, do we still have the same vision? There's a new guy, there's a change, are we still doing the same things? And with a capital Y-E-S, I will say yes, absolutely. So what we want to do here is to say we want to lead you and encourage you and each other to find our greatest pleasure in what? In Jesus. Pleasure in what? Purpose in Jesus, right. And so some of you needed a reminder, maybe you've only been here a semester or two. And so that stays the same. We just raised the hallelujah to Jesus' name, right? And, and we just sing beautiful songs about the name of Jesus. And here's the deal. We're not having to, to try to make up these stories to get you to see that Jesus is supreme, right? Like if you read the text, if you simply behold and look at him, it's an obvious that, that he is our only treasure. Isn't that right? Far above all. Didn't we just say words like that? Like, there's, there's really nothing else. It's him. Everything else fades in comparison. And so that continues. And honestly, it's not because it's any man's vision. I believe this is God's vision that he's given the journey. Because we've seen the fruit of it, right? You've seen it in your own life. Uh, Brandon can probably recall this. When we were kind of talking, I was interviewing. I was looking on the website and some of the documents that he sent me. And one thing that I saw that just really fired me up is I saw the vision that our greatest pleasure and purpose is in Jesus. And to sort of summarize just kind of my own personal theology and kind of something that I feel is the essence of the Christian life, guys, that's it, that, that Jesus is it, that I can try to find my identity in other things, I can, I can try to find my worth, I can seek for it, but it's not like, oh, it's Jesus, and then like you can go after other things, it's like he is it. Y'all got that? And so that continues. That's something I'm really excited about just to remind you of. The second is, better before bigger. Raise your hand if you've already heard that being said, right? And so what does that mean? Is that continuing? And again, with a capital Y-E-S, yes, 
that's continuing. So one really cool story that I was thinking about actually from Scripture is that we look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 2 happens. That's when the Holy Spirit falls at Pentecost, right? You know what I'm talking about? But notice this. In Acts chapter 1, actually what we find Jesus' disciples doing is that they're praying together. They're in the upper room, and, and from the context, they're praying a lot. Now, I was thinking about today, if you look at the timeline of Acts, when was the last time the disciples were praying or tried to pray? And I was thinking it was when Jesus was in the garden. And do you remember how bad they were at praying? Like Jesus said, pray, and they fell asleep. Like, that'd be like me telling you, hey, like people are coming, they're gonna arrest me, they're probably gonna kill me, can you pray for me? And I come back and you're just like crashed out like this. I was like, dude, what's up? What are you doing? And that's how bad they were at praying. And so, okay, this is not, this is how, like, okay, the Bible's over here, right? Okay, I'm speculating a little bit. But as I was thinking today, I thought, you know what? It's so, it's so interesting that we find them spending so much time devoted to prayer. And I think in some way, in God's wisdom, he directed them to do that because I think they needed to become better at being children of God, at being people of God before they became bigger. Because what, they were meeting and praying, and that's when the Holy Spirit came, right? And just boom, like all this growth, just this crazy amount of, it was, it was chaotic. There were like tongues of fire falling down, like we can't really know exactly what that looked like. And the kingdom of God just exploded, right? And so that's the model that we see, that they kind of understood we need to become better. We're going to draw nearer to God. We're going to really examine our lives. We went from falling asleep while praying to praying as the Holy Spirit came, and we just see the church explode. And so for the journey, in many different ways, so many of the awesome things that have happened, I've just heard stories about, I haven't been here for, but heard so much testimony, is that we already know that, that this is a healthy, thriving ministry, right? You've seen it. There are amazing things happening. But what we don't want to do is just look at the, hey, like five years from now, man, 2019, those were the good old days. You remember that? I've got some guys I graduated with. They're like, man, remember back in the good old days? I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, life is awesome. Like, I, I, I'm married. I got a kid coming to me. Like, the best is yet to come, right? And so that's what I'm hoping for the journey. I think that's what we're all hoping is that the best is yet to come. That as we spend time focusing on things, let me just give you an example. Like, what, what does that look like? And so I think what it kind of looks like is we, we look at the Great Commission, right? of the church to make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. Not all that I've commanded, Jesus commanded. Right, yeah, don't listen to me, right? Let's look at Jesus. And then, so we look at all that, and we kind of look at the journey, and we kind of see, are, are, they, are they aligned, and are they coming together? And over time, right, we're already doing amazing things. Over time, what we see is the scriptures and the Great Commission and the journey are just seem to come together like that. And they're, and they're aligned. And we'll never arrive, right? Like if we're saying we got it, we're nailing it, that's when you really need to be worried about yourself and your personal life and a church. But that's what I think it means better before bigger. And so we're praying to God big things. Like we're hungry and thirsty for more. He's given us a taste of just the kingdom growth and the, the expansion, just the reach of just this ministry alone, right? And so this continues in the journey for us. And so the next question is, do we still have the same values, all right? So what are the values? Y'all can read them with me. Relational, helpful, hopeful, real, all right? And so because I'm new, right, I'm like still trying to get this in my head, and so I was like, R-H-H-R, and I was like, that's still not helpful. So I was like, R-H-R, right? Y'all got it? R-H-H-R, R-H-R. Does it sound good? Like I grew up in Texas, got an accent. Y'all say it with me, R-H-R. Okay, you owned it. There we go. Nice. Thank you. Thanks for, like, just appeasing me for that. And so relational, helpful, hopeful, real. 
And so with the relational aspect, what I kind of see is anyone kind of know a definition of the word catalyst? Like when you look at an experiment, right, what the catalyst is designed to do is to kind of jump into a chemical reaction and not necessarily speed it up, but intensify it, right? And so what I see, gospel relationships, when, when church communities can be relational with one another, I see that as a catalyst for exactly what God wants to do. Does that make sense? Because all you're doing in that, not to oversimplify it, is you're getting a bunch of God's people together who have the Holy Spirit dwell with them. We're, we're, we're being relational, and, and you just see this power of the Holy Spirit just expand. That's why maybe you get this feeling of just warmth and power when we worship, right? It's because a lot of us in here are believers, and we're gathered together. And so that's something that we continue to do and continue to push. It wants to be a place where we form gospel relationships and a place where if you don't know the Lord, where we kind of welcome you in as Christ welcomed us. That's Romans 15 and say, hey, like, we, we want to know you, but really we want you to know Jesus. Does that make sense? And then hopeful. You know, I thought I could give a long explanation of this, but basically, guys, like, as believers, like, we have Jesus, right? Like, there's your hope. Like, on any given day, the worst day you'll ever live or the best day you'll ever live, your hope is still Jesus. In the darkest of times, in the lightest of times, look no further than the empty tomb, right? Amen? And you'll see the risen Lord Jesus. And so this is a place of hope. This is not a place where we're going to talk about this with the word real. You don't have to fake emotions. But at the end of the day, guys, on my worst days, what I've learned, I can lay to bed and at least say the tomb is empty. It is finished. Does that make sense? And I can probably identify with you. There's been some hard days, right? And so we don't want to just fake and act like, oh, yeah, everything's hope. But, guys, at the end of the day, Jesus is risen. I skipped helpful, didn't I? I skipped helpful. All right, sorry, I missed one. And so with helpful, um, I think the idea, and I have a caveat here, is, is jump in, guys. If you've been coming here uh, for a while, you're like, man, I really don't know where I fit. Man, come come talk to me or Zach, the journey staff, and even, even Brandon. Brandon's still coming and supporting us. And, and jump in, right? Find some find somewhere to, to help. I, I can guarantee you we can find somewhere to do that. Like, we want this to be a place, maybe where you start asking the question, if you've been coming for a while, not, man, wonder what I'm gonna get out of tonight, but what if, what if you just started asking the question, how can I jump in and make the journey ministry better tonight. Does that make sense? And so here's my caveat that I give. Some of you, you're, you're, you're pretty new. Maybe even the church thing is new. Some of this may be your first night. And so here's my hope for you, is that someone, even tonight, or in the recent past or in the future, is so incredibly helpful to you from this ministry. And you know what you do a year or two years from now? You do that same thing, right? That's what we're about. And so we want you to jump in to this, all right? The, the ship's moving, right? It's time. Let's jump in. And last, even though I kind of mix it up, last is real. Is that right? Have we done all the other ones? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> um, last is real. All right, so here's the worst thing that could ever happen to us after a sermon is that you look at me, maybe even after I share a story, it's like, man, I could never be like that guy. That's not realistic, right? Like, you can definitely, it's easy, right? Yeah, it's easy. Anyone get up here and speak, it's not that's that hard. Yeah. Um, the worst thing that could happen is you could hear my story and like, golly, man, I... I, I, don't, I will never have a story like that. And you know why? Because that's totally out of reality. The fact is, the realest thing that I could tell you is that we are all on a common ground. What is that common ground? We are all sinners in need of the grace and mercy of God. And so what's already been happening, I, I've, I've heard the sermons and teaching. I know what's been going on. 
is that there's a lot of times from the stage and in your community groups and discipleship groups that are starting and trail groups, I mean, all the things that we have is that there's some realness shared, right? And so what that requires of you is that requires that you would be vulnerable and willing to enter into those type of real relationships. And, and I think what I have seen and want to continue here is even from here in this stage, and I'll share in a minute, I want that to bleed out. I want you to see, hey, it's okay to not be okay, right? Have you heard that saying before? And so that's the common ground. And the realest thing that I could ever tell you is look at Jesus. You want to see the realest person that, that ever came, that he condescended from his home in heaven and became flesh, that he ate the food we ate, not West Texas food, not Tex-Mex, right? But you know what I'm saying, human food, right? He walked the dust we walked, it was kind of dusty, right? He breathed the air we breathed. He suffered the suffering that we did. He knows flesh, and he doesn't stay far above and away from us, but he enters our space, right? He meets us where we are. And so first, we experience that love of Jesus in the gospel and believe in him and hold him as our greatest purpose and pleasure, right? And then we model that to others. We step into those spaces with others and say, hey, I, I want us to have this real gospel relationship because I know that's what pleases the Lord. And so all that to say, and I hope you're encouraged, that the journey and all that God's been doing continues. But what we want to do, right, is we, we want to see God. We want to pray that Acts 1, Acts chapter 2. We want to see it take to the next level, right? We're just like, God, what's next? What are you going to do? We're hungry. We're thirsty. How are you going to move? And so in sharing this vision, what I want to do is, is I mentioned that a lot of what my life has been about, um, I, could, I could sum it up in finding my greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Now, when I say that, I don't mean, hey, I've done that perfectly. No, what I mean is that through some hard lessons, God has sharpened that and shown me over and over and over again that that is the essence. That's exactly what he wants me to hold on to. And so the question is, is what does that look like, right? Because I think what happens is that I cited the vision, we can say that, but how many of you actually have thought about what does that look like? Does that question like resonate with you? And so you've got to kind of look into your own life and say, I mean, I can give some good applications. There's been a lot. And I want to share specific ways with you that I think you're going to find and you're going to resonate with in, in, in college and in young adulthood, I feel like there are some ways that finding my greatest pleasure and purpose Jesus have these things that have kind of manifested and these lessons, these kind of nuggets of wisdom that guess what? Probably people told me and unfortunately I didn't listen so they had to happen through what? Experience, right? And trials. And so here's the first one. Rest in who you are in Christ. And so in Galatians chapter one, verse 10 you can read this together. It says this, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So to give you a little bit of context here, basically what Paul is dealing with is that there are these men called Judaizers, and basically what they're saying is like, believe in Jesus and this other stuff, and that's the gospel. And Paul in the first chapter is like, are you already abandoning the real and true gospel? Don't you know that that's not right? And what's happening is, is that his identity as an apostle from Jesus, like a legitimate gospel spreader, so to say, is, is, is at stake. They're talking bad about him. They're saying this is not 
this is not right. This is actually what you need to do. You need to follow all these restrictions and laws. And so Paul is, is saying and asking the question, again, am I trying to please man? Am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? So here's what I want to do. I want to kind of zoom forward. You know the context, and here it is right now. Who, who knows? Y'all watch The Office, right? If you haven't, you've received a good portion of quotes from it, which I love. And so who knows the character Andy? Anybody know the character Andy? So here's, here's Andy's issue. I think, like, growing up, like, he had a brother that the parents favored, you know what I'm talking about? And so, like, he never got probably, like, the love and affirmation and encouragement that he needed. And so Andy kind of spends his whole life trying to be what? Like, liked and, and approved and there's even like a funny scene you can tell, like he's always wanted just his dad to say that I'm proud of him. And one of the coworkers, Daryl, is like, good job, man. He's like, thanks, dad. I mean, Daryl, you know. <laughs> and so like we see like there's this, there's this problem, there's this tension in him. And here's the beauty of it, guys. I mean, use Andy, right? In a lot of our struggles with our identity and resting who we are in Christ, um, we have a loving Heavenly Father that does look down upon us and, and, and affirm us and call us sons and daughters. Isn't that not right? And so, unlike Andy, we have something that we can actually put our identity and rest in. Next thing is this. Learn to suffer well. John 16, 33 says this. I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, there's some elements here that I want you to notice. There's peace, tribulation, and overcome. And so in this kind of excursion of Jesus, he wants you to know that all these words he's saying is ultimately for peace. So keep that at the end. Okay, peace is that we're going to attain that somehow. He's saying you're going to have it, right? But what does he promise? What does he promise? Tribulation, trial, suffering. And you're like, man, this is your first talk. Why are you talking about suffering? That's lame, right? Probably the best thing that I could do for you in sharing my story is share the faithfulness of God in suffering, right? And so in some things in my life, it has been essential that I learn to suffer well. I was thinking, um, how many of you know, you probably all know what CrossFit is, right? And so next week, what I'm gonna try to do, all right, Brandon's convinced me, we've been talking about it, he's really enjoyed it. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna jump in on Monday. And so what I've done this week in the mornings is I've, I've tried some like, like, you know, the insanity workouts, anyone know what that is? And so I've tried that, right? And, and I've learned, all right, I'm in, like, lifting shape, but I am not in, like, cardio shape, right? And I'm like, they want you to do all these things like this, and, like, Heisman's, I'm like, mamacita, you know? Like, I'm, like, breathed over, and I'm like, uh, Caitlin is in the other room, I'm like, babe, give me some water, give me some water. Like, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I'm suffering, right? And so you know the, the cheesy saying, no pain, no gain, right? Y'all know that saying, I think kind of in the Christian life, it's similar, but let's kind of give it some redemption, right? I think in the Christian life, no suffering, then no endurance and growth. Romans 5, it literally is saying that through suffering grows endurance, endurance character, and character hope. And that hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so a lot of your early, 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 a lot of your early adulthood, I feel like, and that includes college, for me, has been learning that the world actually doesn't revolve around you. That like you're not just, this, you don't have this bubble of just 
awesome, like awesomeness just protecting you. Like you're gonna get the, the perfect job that you've dreamed of. You're gonna get like have the perfect relationship. It's gonna be so easy. You're gonna get married at the right time. You're gonna have a kid at the right time. You're gonna have a house at the right time, whatever it may be. And that was a lesson that I had to learn. It's learning to endure. And we trust that with faithful endurance through suffering, we grow, we become more like Christ. That makes sense? the last one. We have the mind of Christ, which equals humility. I want to read for y'all Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Amen. And so a little bit about this passage. Um, there have been times in my life, different times, I specifically remember being in, in my early 20s, 21, 22, where I, I discovered, kind of like what you have to discover, I think, coming out of college, a lot of you, even though will tell you and encourage you, you're not the greatest thing ever, you don't know everything, like, I know you're, like, super smart, we get it, but, like, functional life, guys, you, you gotta learn it. <laughs> you gotta humble yourselves under the Lord's hand and learn, like, what it, what it is to, to be a functional adult and human being, Right? I'm not saying you're not functional human beings. I'm just saying there is some humility that I did not have. I wish I had a college pastor saying these words now. And so what happened was I, there was somebody, just one person, right? No, there's been more than that. But there was one person in the, my first church that I served in that didn't like me. Can you believe that? They didn't like me, guys. I'm not likable. Come on. Like, I'm a great guy. Come on. You're like, I don't know you, bro. Um, and now I don't like you. I'm just joking. And so it drove me crazy. I tried to do all that I could. Like, man, people pleaser, right? Like, kind of doing all these things. And so they, they wouldn't, they just didn't like me. And even I could tell, like, they kind of, like, questioned my character. Like, I don't know if they just thought, um, I don't know if they just didn't want me there as, as their youth pastor. I have no idea what was happening. But the hardest part for me was just wrestling with the pride, right, of like, I, I wanted people like me. I wanted my name not to be in the mud, right? Like, I wanted to lift my name up. I wanted everyone to say, gosh, Cole, Cole is great. And I'm going to tell you, even though if you don't realize it, I think we have this in our hearts. Like, it's good to want great things in our lives, right? It's good to want that. But one of the best ways, wherever you go work, one of the best things you can do as a coworker is not make the whole environment about yourself. You know, the definition of humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And so what God had to show me is that, I was way more concerned with my name being great and loved and known than whose name? Than Jesus' name being lifted high and great and known. And so what I did was I came to a moment where I thought, okay, I know of Philippians too, like I know it touches on humility. And so I went to a coffee shop and just sat down and, and started to journal. I was like, God, show me. Because I don't like this pride that's in my heart. I don't like what's happening. And so as I began to journal, it hit me, guys, and here's what hit me. 
if there is anyone who's ever walked the earth, past, present, future, who has a justifiable reason, right, who can logically defend their name and their character and say, I am perfect, I am flawless, you should find nothing right in me, I've never done anything wrong, you should love me and like me, who is it? It's Jesus. And what does this passage say? It says that he emptied himself of that. You remember him standing before so many people? Did he call in legions of angels to save himself from dying on the cross? No. Did he defend himself and say, hey, these guys are actually lying. These guys are trash. I really am the son of God. Just, by the way, you know, like, y'all can kind of you know, send me back. No, he didn't. The only person who has ever actually lived that is worthy of, of any honor and respect, the only person without sin, didn't actually defend himself. And so we have a question for you tonight. What would that mean for us? If Jesus, the son of God, chose not to make his name high and instead gladly suffered to the point of death on a cross for us, then what right in the world do we have to try to lift our names up? And so here, here's the redemption in this. There's something called being in union with Christ. And so I believe in our hearts there is this desire. We want to be great, right? That's okay, right? Like, we want to be great. Like, I'm not talking about pride. I'm talking about we want greatness. And here's the beauty. The Bible says that we, when we're united with Christ, when we believe in him, we're united with him in his death. And what else? In his resurrection. And that, that one day all believers, we, we will be lifted up and, and great. We're going to have, not to get too theological, but... We're going to have heavenly bodies. We're going to be with our Lord Jesus in heaven. We're going to experience, and we're going to taste greatness. And so right now, what we do, the most humble thing that you can do, uh, maybe you don't even know the Lord tonight, the first step is actually to believe in the gospel, right? Because when you believe in the gospel, what you say is you humble yourself, and you say, you know what, God, I am. You are my creator. <laughs> you are God. I am not. I, I have sinned against you, and I recognize that. And I see in Jesus Christ that he paid it all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. And in him I find eternal life. In him I find forgiveness of sins. In him I become children of God. And I, with the rest of the people in this room, I want to sing those songs like they do, right? That's the first step of humility. And what you do the rest of your life is you live not to make your name great, but the name of Jesus high. And that's where it ties back in. He's our greatest pleasure and purpose. On the foundation of the gospel, we lift Jesus' name high. And so what I want to do is I want to ask the band to go ahead and come up. They're going to begin playing a little bit just kind of as we close this out. So what I want to do is I want to make, not that this is about me, um, but a promise to you, and it's really, it's probably the, the easiest promise I can do, but um, hopefully we get to know each other. Guys, I, I think from early on, I'll just be vulnerable with you. I, I tried different things in ministry. I, I tried being the cool guy. I failed. <laughs> I, I tried being the, you know, the, the guy who like, oh man, I can, I can always come. He's so, he's so real. And that's good, right? I tried a lot of different things. I, I, I tried to be, you know, Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. I don't try to be the energetic guy. And you know what? All those things are good. But what I was trying to be kind of missed the point. That, that I was trying to be things that God 
never asked me. Instead of asking God, how have you made me? How have you wired me? Where do you call me? And there's the beauty of it. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm saying this like, wow, God, that was all God. And his grace and kindness and mercy, guys, he, he called me here. And so instead of trying all the other things, what I figured out a few years ago, and my promise to you, did I change it? Yeah, there it is. My promise to you is faithfulness. That's just what it is. That I have no idea what's going to come. I think it's cool things. I think it's big things. But that, honestly, as great as this is, I'm going to stand before my Lord one day. And I don't want to hear, like, man, the journey, that was awesome, bro. Like, things, just crazy things happen. Like, that's cool. That would be nice to hear. But I want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so that's the promise that, and, and I know a lot of you are already doing it, but that's something, just a theme that you can have. I want to invite you into that, to be faithful to the Lord. He was first faithful to us, right? He first loved us. And so we live a life of faithfulness to him. And so here's the deal. Here's some things that are next. Um, as I was thinking through the question, what book in the Bible, right, helps us learn how to get better before bigger, right? There's a lot of choices, right? That's a theme that we've, we've talked about. And I landed on a few options, but one really stuck out, and just I, I was really encouraged as, as Brandon and I were talking. And so here's where we're going next, right? Here's where we're going from here, is we're gonna dive into the book of 1 Corinthians, all right? Y'all excited? We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it, all right? So one of the things you need to know about 1 Corinthians, guys, it, it's, it's good, it's encouraging, but it, it's intense, right? There's Paul writing a letter to a church that, that had some stuff going on, all right? That had some stuff going on that needed some addressing. And like I said, healthy, thriving college ministry here. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna walk through it. And what we're gonna do with, with open hearts and open hands is we're just gonna ask God, God, show us, shine the light of your word upon us and show us, Lord, how can we grow, right? How can we get better? What, what do we need to do next? And so as we close tonight, I just ask you, let's get ready. Something's coming. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but it's gonna be awesome. Let me pray for us. Father, I just thank you so much for this night. I thank you for these students. Um, I see the incredible work that you're doing here. And I just feel, I feel un. I feel unworthy um, and humbled to see what you're doing. And so, Lord, what, what we want to do, because we want to humble ourselves before you, is we want to open our hearts, even now, as we sing our beautiful name, humble ourselves before you, Jesus, and cry out to you that, that you are supreme. You are our greatest treasure. And because of that, we're going to open our hearts and our hands and say, have your way in me. We're going to cry without out with Isaiah and say, here I am, Lord, send me, do what you want to in me. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.